Blog Talk Radio. We assembled here today are issuing a new decree to be heard in every city, in every foreign capital, and in every hall of power. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. Every decision on trade, on taxes, on immigration, on foreign affairs will be made to benefit American workers and American families. We must protect our borders from the ravages of other countries making our products, stealing our companies, and destroying our jobs. Protection will lead to great prosperity and strength. I will fight for you with every breath in my body, and I will never, ever let you down. I am your voice. So to every parent who dreams for their child, and every child who dreams for their future, I say these words to you tonight. I am with you, I will fight for you, and I will win for you. To all Americans tonight, in all of our cities, and in all of our towns, I make this promise. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. We will make America safe again. And we will make America great again. God bless you and good night. I love you. Mega, mega, mega. 
This is Rory Sauter. Thank you for listening to the Rory Sauter Show. It's so great to be with all of you on this beautiful Monday, coming to you live from Phoenix, Arizona. It's an absolutely beautiful day. Winter time, and it's in the 70s. You can't beat it. You really just can't beat it. It's absolutely stunning and uh, an, an amazing uh, feeling uh, to be able to wake up every day and just put on shorts and a T-shirt, especially in the winter. But I know a lot of you that are in cold parts of the country, you know, are uh, definitely uh, wearing lots of layers of clothing and and aren't able to wear shorts and a T-shirt. So, uh, you know, you know, the people um, in those cold parts, I'm praying for a lot of you guys, man. I don't know how you do it. You guys are troopers, I'll tell you. Anyways, I had I had a great weekend, and I hope you all did as well. It was a quite uh, entertaining and eventful weekend in the news. As you all know, there's a lot going on. Um, and today is a very special day, as always, as it is every year. The great Martin Luther King Jr., uh, uh, day is today, and uh, what a um, what an inspiration, what a what a true hero, one of the biggest role models ever in in, in our history. It made a made an impact on so many lives and and so much positivity and so much things that he he put he put out there, you know, for people's security and freedom. And, you know, Martin Luther King did a lot of amazing and unbelievable and beneficial things that that help in today's society and to who we are as a nation now and what we've become. Martin Luther King has done a great job – was was the guy I want to say this? He is the guy that started, for, you know, all these freedoms, uh, you know, with, with African Americans, and I mean, he was their biggest advocate. You know, if it wasn't for Martin Luther King, we'd probably still be living in segregation. We'd probably still be fighting with people racially on. On everything, you know, but today, because of this great man, we are all able to coexist. We are all able to, you know, converse and associate. You have very little white on black crime, if any are very, you know, white, you know, racism, you know, it's very, it's very seldom these days. And we have Martin Luther King to thank for these types of things. We absolutely do. And, you know, and I, and I say this all the time and I, 
And, you know, this is the truth for sure. There's no doubt about it. And there's been many reports about it just based on his philosophies and theories. But if Martin Luther King Jr. were alive today, he would be a conservative Republican. There's no doubt about it. Just like his his wonderful and, and wonderful niece, his very intelligent niece, Alveda King, who's a big fan of Trump, would, would be standing by Trump and Trump's agenda. Because Martin Luther King knows that President Trump is for the people. And Martin Luther King Jr. would be absolutely ashamed of groups like Black Lives Matter and these 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 groups, uh, you know, uh, the the these these Black Panthers and all these different groups that are hate groups, and you know want to, you know, go after cops and want to go after white people and all this nonsense. Martin Luther King was for everybody. Everybody having rights. And with all of these protests in the NFL and kneeling like these NFL players have, Martin Luther King would not condone that if he were alive today. He would not be for these movements. Uh, that the that these left left-wing you know, Democrat, the black Democrats are organizing for, uh, you know, uh, their party. And we've, we see, we heard and, and saw Alveda King, the niece of Martin Luther King, uh, go on an interview and even said uh, that, that MLK, her uncle, would be ashamed of these players kneeling if he were alive today. So I don't want to get too off topic here. You know, to to say to say the least, you know, Martin Luther King was an unbelievable inspiration that strongly affected uh, the positivity and the way we were able to live today in our nation. I mean, people getting along, people, you know, you know, races not race. Ra- other races not having to use different bathrooms. That was one of the things that Martin Luther King pushed towards, where we can all use the same bathroom. One of one of many small examples. Um, there's just so many things. You know, he brought publicity to major civil rights activities and efforts, and it, he encouraged the importance of nonviolent protest and resistance. Nonviolent, he would not be approving groups like Antifa and all of these left-wing hate violent groups and these these black violent groups that go after cops and go after white people. He would not be supporting that in today's society. There's no way. He provided leadership to the African-American civil rights movement. Yes, he did. Um, I'm going through a list of my list of his, his all of his well-known achievements and what he was, um, you know, strongly, um, what, what he strongly, uh, the goals he strongly achieved. Let's see here, being an advocate for nonviolent protests in the Me- in the Memphis sanitation worker strike, providing leadership in the Montgomery bus boycott of 1955. 
<clears throat> we remember that where whites were not letting blacks sit in the front of buses, which is so not okay, not appropriate. And he helped change that. We remember his famous I Have a Dream speech, which still to this day is one of the most influential and one of the one of the most uh used and well known uh, speeches in schools and in uh you know history in history um you know uh in history uh, departments you know multiple different um organizations you see I have a dream speech we we see the I have a dream speech at uh, several campaign rallies, people use it. We've seen it at churches being used. I mean, the, the impact it's had in society is is quite um, it's quite amazing, to say the least. In 1968, 1,300 black sanitation workers in Memphis were protesting their terrible working conditions, discrimination, and low pay. It was obvious they were discriminated against when they were sent home without pay while, while white workers stayed on the job. Started a strike on February 12, 1968, Martin Luther King came to Memphis to speak and support the second march of the sanitation workers. The strike lasted for 64 days and grew into one of the major civil rights events. The American Federation of State, County, and, and Municipal Employees and the sanitation workers demanded an end to discrimination, higher wages, and union recognition. This attracted the national news media as well as others who joined the cause like community leaders and members of the clergy. The strike finally ended on April 12, 1968, and the city of Memphis agreed to the workers' demands, even though more strikes had to be threatened to make them honor the agreement. So that was, you know, that was such a significant and important time in history that uh, Martin Luther King, uh, you know, used his voice and and made such a positive impact and, and changed everything for the better. Montgomery bus boycott. In Montgomery, Alabama, King led a boycott against city buses that refused to let blacks sit in the front seats of the bus. The protest gained followers rapidly and led it to a citywide boycott of the bus system until the rules were changed. Ultimately, King and his followers were sent to jail. The boycott did succeed, and the unfair racist law allowing the segregation aboard the buses was changed. This was a straight-out success for the civil rights movement of the time and gained national attention. Beautiful. Let's go down to I Have a Dream. In 1963, King and other leaders of the civil rights movement organized a huge march for equal rights in Washington, D.C. with a massive crowd of over 200,000 followers. The march was protesting racial discrimination in employment, racial separatism in schools, and they demanded minimum wage for all workers. It was the largest gathering in Washington, D.C.'s history and the site of King's most famous speech, I Have a Dream. As a result of the march and the speech, the citizens of the nation began to put growing pressure on the presidential administration of John F. Kennedy, encouraging the president to push for civil rights laws to pass through Congress and become recognized on a national level. 
going down to the king's use of nonviolent social change. Because of his commitment to peace, nonviolence and equality for all, on behalf of civil rights, were able to make genuine headway in American society and allowed Martin Luther King to contribute a great deal to the success of the civil rights movement. Even as his oppressors exercised force and brutality, King's insistence on, avoid, on avoiding violence, which he also taught his followers to practice, was a major factor in the respect and acknowledgement given to the civil rights movement during a time of unrest and unease in the country. His genuine desire for the country to come together was ultimately recognized as a great contri- contribution to America. His, his untimely death was a loss to everyone and started an era of, gr- an era of great potential for the nation. African-American Civil Rights Movement. This movement lasted from around 1955 to 1968. Its goals were to abolish racial discrimination in many areas, including public transportation, employment, voting, and education. Nonviolent protests and civil disobedience during this time caused many crisis situations where the government had to take action. These showed the, inc- these showed the injustices that was happening to blacks. The protests were done with sit-ins, marches, and boycotts. Notable legislation during the time included the Civil Civil Rights Act of 1964. This banned discrimination in employment and public public accommodations based on race, color, religion, or national origin. Vote, voting, right, voting Rights Act of 1965, this act restored and protected the right to vote. Immigration and Nationality Services Act of 1965, this, 1965, this allows immigration from groups other than the, those from the traditional European countries. The Fair Housing Act of 1968, this banned housing, and di- housing discrimination for sales or rentals. The civil rights movement was concerned with the basics basics of dignity, respect, freedom, and equality. For a time perspective of the details of Martin Luther King Jr.'s life, check out the Martin Luther King Jr. timeline. Very nice. Very nice. Beautiful. So the impact he's made, like I've said, on our society – and on our world even, all over the world, he's looked at as a role model. He's looked at as a huge icon. He's looked at as, as you know, he's looked at as, you know, a person that not only fought for what he believed in, he risked his life doing it. You see people in today's society, you know, they fight for what they believe in, you know, but they're not, you know, you know, there's exceptions. There, you know, there's, there's people like Trump that are ruthless to fight for what, for what uh, America, you know, believes in and, and what, what the right thing for America is. And he doesn't stop until he, he gets the results. The same sort of thing, you know, occurred with Martin Luther King. Martin Luther King was a fighter. He fought, he fought, he fought, and was ruthless about what was right and, you know, what needed to be changed in America. 
and he risked his life doing it, like I said. He was a man that was fearless, like Donald Trump, fearless, and went out and did the right thing. And he wasn't just fighting for black people. He was fighting for everyone. He was a role model to our to our entire <coughs> to everyone. <clears throat> and the 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 way he went about it was so professional and so profound and so brilliant and so strong. Strong is the word. Strong, strong. It's just but the leaders in today's society for these civil rights movements, you don't see taking the same action and going after the way Martin Luther King did it, which, which was the right way. Martin Luther King did it the right way. Martin Luther King did it the proper way. People today in the civil rights movements, majority of them, play the race card and they play the victim. And they're always fighting with the Republican Party, and they're always fighting, saying the white man's the enemy. Martin Luther King never did never did that. Martin Luther King would be a Republican if he was alive today. He would totally condemn and dis disavow and totally, uh, you know, these left these left wing civil rights groups. You know, and and it's unfortunate that we can't have an honest an open and real civil rights movement in today's society like like Martin Luther King showed and demonstrated uh, you know like he did Martin Luther King you are so missed sir you are missed every single day I wish you were here a lot of people wish you were here You were such a genuine and profound soul that still lives in me, still lives in all of us. And I know that, you know, you, you did, you never, you never, your mindset was perfect. Your mindset was so perfect. No matter how hard it was, no matter how difficult the challenge was, no matter how much you had to overcome, no matter how much you had to fight, you, st- you kept going. You kept going. You kept going. You kept going. And the insight and the knowledge and the love and the light you shined on all of us it's never going to be forgotten. Every single year, I honor you. I honor you constantly. You were a man of faith. You were a man of love. You were a man that cared about the people. God bless your soul, Martin Luther King Jr. We miss you, Doctor. We miss you. We all, we all miss you. Read a quote real quick from the great Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. The time is always right to do what is right. Yep. So true. 
so true. If we can all please have a a moment of silence for the great doctor, Dr. Martin Luther King. God bless his soul. Rest every day and every minute in peace. Amen. Thank you, everybody. All righty. Going to move on to another topic, which was very um, big in the news. Happened Saturday. This was worldwide news. It was insane. Um, <clears throat> the the false alarm that occurred in Hawaii. The emergency alert that read, and you, as you know, people, you get these alerts on your iPhone. It's like when people somebody gets an amber alert on their iPhone or you get a dust storm alert or you get any sort of natural disaster like tsunami alert, hurricane alert, you know. So what they did was the state of Hawaii, the Hawaii, state of Hawaii, sent out an emergency alert on Saturday, which over the edge, and people were so scared. People were running for their lives, bawling their eyes out, literally, I mean, terrified. I mean, we all would be if we got this notification on our phones and literally everybody getting notified that there's uh, a possible missile headed our way. And what it reads is, emergency alert, ballistic, and I quote, ballistic missile threat inbound to Hawaii. Seek immediate shelter. This is not a drill. Jesus Christ. Absolutely on your phone. And it's a false alarm. And you know what? You don't just make this false alarm up. You don't just send this out to all the citizens in Hawaii. This was such a setup. This didn't just happen by accident. There was somebody in the in the Hawaiian government, somebody there that sent this out, they sent this out as some sort of you know, some sort of way to attention seek. And this was a group of people that orchestrated this nonsense. Because this stuff just doesn't just happen. There's no way. This is the first time this sort of ridiculous message has ever come up on anybody's iPhone in this country, that a missile is heading. And the fact that Apple wasn't, monitoring and clarifying these this information from the Hawaii the government from the officials and representatives in Hawaii all these political heads is disgraceful that Apple didn't check with them that that they can just put this on there and it was obviously only a few minutes and then it was called a false alarm but still can you imagine being in Hawaii, being one of those citizens, being in that moment and actually 
experiencing that trauma, I cannot even imagine. I'm a very anxious person, so is a lot of other people in this country, in this world. Majority of people have a, a lot of anxiety about things in their everyday life. Can you imagine how much this contributed and affected somebody's state of mind, psychosis? This could put somebody in treatment, this sort of God, goddamn false alarm alert message. This could have caused older, elderly people to have heart attacks. I'm curious to see how many deaths were reported just from hearing this, this news. Hearing this news could skyrocket somebody's blood pressure or make somebody have a heart attack. Not even kidding. Especially people of elderly age. So it's not funny. It was a total setup. The people in Hawaii totally orchestrated this this nonsense. It's total nonsense. Senator Corona, Maisel Corona, said in a quote on Saturday, minutes after it happened, today's alert was a false alarm. At a time of heightened tensions, we need to make sure all information released to the community is accurate. We need to get to the bottom of what happened and make sure it never happens again. Yeah, no shit. Another representative of Hawaii, Democrat Tulsi Gabbard, said in a statement uh, from the state that she confirmed with officials that it was a false alarm, that it was a false alarm, Hawaii, that it was a false alarm. She confirmed with um, state officials. Hawaii Emergency Management also confirmed that it was a false alarm. This was purely, and Trump, the the representatives uh, for the Trump administration um, gave a statement saying this was purely a state exercise, said White House uh, Deputy Press Secretary Lindsey Walters. So, you know, there's many there's many people that have given their statements. Uh, many you know many different conservatives outlets, especially, have said this was a setup, and talking to people uh, in Hawaii and sources, uh, this was just this was a big distraction uh, for some of the corrupt in Hawaii, and you know there's certain things that. They're trying to um, go 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 about and do that they want to keep on the low. So, do not be surprised. You know, there's no official answer or conclusion to this, obviously, but there's a lot of speculations, as I've been talking about as I've been discussing, you know, regarding this topic and, and what I've seen other conservative uh, outlets describing this situation as and different um, – and, and even, even Democrats and uh, liberal media outlets 
have described this as a setup by the government. But there's also also a lot of Democrats that aren't speaking about it or saying that people saying that this was a setup by the uh, political heads in Hawaii is nonsense. But I, you know what? It's not. It, it really isn't. This stuff just doesn't just happen. And, you know, there's so much different information uh, that, you know, needs to be addressed about this topic that isn't coming out. They're very vague and very broad about reporting on this. And when something like this does happen, or if it does, let's say the madman, the short and fat Korean uh, leader goes crazy and does get mad. And, and, I mean, some of these residents will call these reports, and if something does happen, the boy who cried wolf the next time. Like, you can't, you can't just falsely report on this crap. It totally uh, resonates with the boy who cried wolf story with what happened over there. But you know what? Um, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna speculate too much on this at this point until we hear more about it, and then I'll go, and then I'll be going into detail. Um, as as the days go on and we get more um, updated reports on this topic. But what I what you know what bothers me a lot about this person and the people that are responsible for this for this false alarm are not being held accountable. I mean, this is serious shit. There should be some sort of law jurisdiction or something put out there for I mean law jurisdiction and charges should be brought for whoever you know came up with this the people that started this whole uh, fake message in Hawaii about ballistic missiles heading because there were people behind this and I know there's people that are just going to brush it off and, you know, say, oh, it's, you know, just forget about it. And, you know, it was nothing more than a misunderstanding. No, no, no. Nonsense. Nonsense, nonsense, nonsense. Absolute nonsense. There's people. And Hawaii's run by Democrats, which gives you your first impression. Your first, I mean, this would not happen in a, in a state run by Republicans. But you got all this corruption and you got all this shadiness and you got these people that are putting out messages that are affecting people's lives. Power these government, government officials have is absolutely sickening. It really is. And they need to be held accountable, like I said. They absolutely 
need to be held accountable. Alrighty, I'm going to move on topics. Very important is, first of all, let's, let's play the clip. The media has been obsessed over this last week with the last, the last couple of days at least reporting of Trump saying these countries Haiti and, you know, you know, these countries, Venice, you know, uh, El Salvador and, and some of these countries that are shitholes. I mean, let's face it, people, you know, there's no clarification and there's no confirmation if he actually even said that a Democrat first uh, spreaded uh, this allegation that he said this. And there's many people that have said Trump hasn't said this, and Trump himself said he did not say that. But let's just say he did. Let's just say he said it. Who cares? It's true. Are any of you or any of these politicians so offended going to these countries, hanging out, going to vacation there? Are they, are they, are they going there for fun? Are they going there because of the beauty? Do people live there because it's so wonderful and so, uh, you know, so um, beautiful and, and so exquisite for those, and it's so, you know, so ritzy? No. People leave there because it's torture. It's run by corrupt political figures. It's been ran into the ground by politicians stealing the money. It's in massive poverty. Everywhere you walk there, you see trash on the ground and constant uh, filth. And it's not the people's fault there. And the people can't wait to get out of there. And the people that come from there call it pieces of trash. They call it the scum waters. They call it filth. They call it absolutely disgusting. People can't wait to get out of there. So why is it so terrible and so bad he said it if he speaks the truth? We have a president that doesn't have a filter, speaks what's on his mind, speaks what's the best thing for America, speaks the truth, is the best business negotiator ever, is a billionaire for a very logical and rational and worthy reason. So we have a man in the, uh, in the White House like never seen before creating accomplishments and creating uh, – achieving accomplishments that nobody ever thought was possible ever and that he's breaking records and making history with all his accomplishment and, and successful uh, ventures. So that's the great thing about Donald Trump. He speaks his mind. He speaks the truth. He's a realist. So these people that are criticizing him for saying, if he said it, shithole, are hypocrites. What they're saying is contradicting their own actions, especially these media people that never vacation there, never have given a dime there, never have gone there and given their time, never have vacation there. 
and can't say enough bad things about it behind closed doors. And the people that come from there, like I said, can't wait to get out of there, can't wait to leave the misery, you know? So it's one of those things. It's absolutely ridiculous and laughable and absurd that the media, giving the word shithole, more value over these last few days than, it, than shithole has ever had in history. They're, they're, they can't stop saying shithole. They're obsessed with the word shithole, shithole, shithole. Like they can't stop saying shithole. Their obsession with the shitholes is absolutely, um, it's hilarious. It's hilarious. You can't make it up either. You cannot make this shit up. Listen to about a four-minute clip from Mark Dice that he did on CNN losing it these last few days, and I will be back on talking with you in four minutes. Listen in. Here we go. (laughs) I'll play the clips in just a moment. I just want to give you a quick heads up that there's going to be some foul language in this video, a lot of foul language, and I'm not going to bleep it. So if you're at work or there are kids, just turn the volume way down or turn it off and watch (laughs) it later. Trust me, you'll see why in just a moment. The clouds at CNN were acting like little kids hanging out with their older brothers and swearing up a storm to try to be cool. This after President Trump, in a private meeting, reportedly called certain countries in Africa, oh, what did he call them, Anderson? Shithole countries. That, of course, pushed CNN over the edge, causing them to react like this. Why are we having all these people from shithole countries come here? Because you might learn that people from some of those shithole countries are from shithole countries. Shitholes. What does this have to do with calling countries, um, sh- black and brown countries, shitholes. You, do you, in fact, yourself believe that these countries are shitholes? Do you think these countries are shitholes? Those comments are frankly disgusting. There's other language I'd like to use, but we are on television. I'm a proud shitholer. People from shithole countries, because they came from a shithole country. <laughs> the Miami Herald goes tomorrow to the Doral Country Club, owned by Donald Trump. They're going to find a lot of people from shithole countries. We cannot normalize the fact that Donald Trump has turned the Oval Office into a shithole. The president uh, seemed frustrated that they wanted immigrants to come from African countries, from Haiti, uh, from places that he deemed uh, shithole countries. The idea that uh, all countries in Africa are shitholes news tonight word that the president today disparaged immigrants coming from what he called shithole countries referring to african <laughs> nations he wants it based on bringing in the so best why is he and talking the about shithole countries is there any predominantly white or caucasian country that the president has called a shithole there all is the, no the, predominantly white country that the president has called a shithole breaking news word that the president today referred to african nations and haiti as shithole countries while talking about immigration in an oval office meeting i guess you're not saying that you're, you're not willing to say you're proud of the president calling africa shithole and and haiti the same he was talking about his right. broader so, but you're not proud that he used the I mean, word shithole is... to describe africa i mean you, you quote why are we having all these people from shithole countries come here the president said today at the white house up is down black is white and you probably come from a shithole because they're from a shithole has no the word shithole would never come up in that conversation so today gave him a chance <clears throat> to show that he was tough 
and that he would get rid of the diversity visas and, and stop all the people from the shithouse like Africa from coming over. But if Barack Obama had said shithole, if Barack Obama had said that... And then, of course, today saying that Haitians and Africans uh, come from shithole countries. No one should call any country a shithole. The president asked, quote, why are we having all these people from shithole countries come here? And to turn this country into, into a, you know, a, a moral shithole. And you know what? Back then, they were the shithole people. Not Why do we have that. to take immigrants that's, from that's the, the shitholes of, of the shitholes of African countries and of Haiti and of El Salvador? Oh, it's not bite. okay to talk about black and brown oh, no. countries as shitholes right. because you don't think anybody's going to hear you. Jack. From Colombia, who I'm sure this president also sees as a shithole country. The president is just showing you who he is. This is who he is, okay? We sum it up in a word, okay? There it is. This is the gift that he decided to give the American people. The president referring to immigrants from Africa, Haiti, elsewhere as being from his word, uh, S-hole countries. I won't say it, uh, but you get the point. Wolf Blitzer, the voice of reason. Who would have thought? I'm sorry, but what exactly did the president say that wasn't true? When you have countries like Tanzania, where there are hundreds of albinos murdered and their dead body parts are used in black magic rituals because the locals think that it cures AIDS and the albino girls are raped because they think it cures AIDS, that country is a shithole country. When you have a country like Rwanda, where there's a half a million to a million people murdered, butchered by machetes in the streets, that country is a shithole country. When you have places where people have to poop and pee in the streets, that country is a shithole country. I mean, it's not much different than cities here in America that have been run by Democrat mayors for decades. We're not even two weeks into 2018, and already those suffering from the brain-eating virus of liberalism have already spiraled out of control beyond what we possibly could have even imagined. Go to my online store, markdice.com, or click the link in the description below and get your liberalism find a care t-shirt, long sleeve, or hoodie. They're also available in multiple different colors and styles. Your purchase helps keep this channel going. So I appreciate your support. I also appreciate all my Patreons, everyone who tips me on PayPal. I couldn't do this without you because a lot of these videos just start not advertiser friendly so you guys are the ones who keep this channel going so thanks for always having my back i'm mark dice subscribe here if you're new check back on monday for a new report have a great weekend and i'll see you soon <laughs> i'll play the all righty thank you to our my great mark dice that was a fantastic clip and uh you can see Follow Mark Dice on his Facebook chat on his Facebook page, his YouTube channel. He's also on Twitter. He's awesome. He's great, uh, and he's a uh, he's a great um, he's great at what he does. That's for damn sure. Knows what he's talking about. And he's at, and he and you know what? I mean, people. <laughs> we heard this clip. This is absolutely insane. And it's moronic, and it's the definition of loony, these CNN um, anchors and, the, and these, these commentators on CNN. They can't get the word shithole out of their vocabulary. It's all – they just keep going. Like, they can't – they – like the people that still take CNN seriously, I cannot understand it. CNN 
has absolutely proved themselves to have zero credibility. Zero. And now, even more laughable and even more uh, ridiculous, they are now all going back to is a racist, Trump is a racist, Trump is a racist, Trump is a racist, Trump is a racist. And they're saying all of this, just like they did before, and they're they're race baiting, they're they're playing this card and saying Trump's racist for this comment. If he said this comment, which they don't even have any proof about that. But let's like I said, these people that are criticizing Trump for his comments never have spent a day in these countries, never have given money to these countries, have never vacationed in these countries, say bad things about these countries behind closed doors, never have ever wanted to make a difference in these countries. And the people that come from these countries have even said that these countries are shitholes. So there's nothing racist about that statement, even if he said it, which he didn't. And Trump got a chance to respond today, right here. One, two. Playing. Honestly, I don't think the Democrats want to make a deal. I think they're talking about doctors. But they don't want to help the doctor people. Now, what do you say? We used to say the doctor kills us, but the children aren't killed. What's the name? I think we have a lot of sticking points, but they're all Democrat sticking points. Because we are ready, willing, and able to make a deal, but they don't want to. They don't want security at the border. We have people pouring in. They don't want security at the border. They don't want to stop drugs. And they want to take money away from our military, which we cannot do. So those are some of the things. Did you see what various senators in the room said about my comments? They were amazed. Oh, no, no, I'm not a racist. I am the least racist person you have ever interested. That I can tell you. The President of the United States, Donald J. Trump. So there you have it. There is the official word from the President (coughs) as of earlier. And Trump has never been racist. So even in sight or to even give that, even to suggest that Donald Trump is racist. And I know the Democrats keep doing it over and over, so repetitive. Um, They'll just keep saying it like a broken record. But black unemployment is at an all-time low. We have have the most blacks uh, getting... Uh, I mean, it's better for blacks now than it's ever been. And we have had several public figures like Mike Tyson, like Floyd Mayweather, like Herschel Walker, like 
um, Jim Brown. We have we've had all these black popular names come out and say they voted for Trump and they've been around Trump many times, and he is not a racist. Dennis Rodman has said the, said the same thing. Trump is not a racist. A, another person that has came out and said Trump is not racist, very popular football player. Um, what's a very, very popular baseball player, Johnny Damon. Very popular football player who I was going to say a second ago, and I forgot his name for a second, Burgess Owen. And here is Alveda King um, speaking uh, today about confirming Trump is not a racist. This is the niece of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Playing one, two. Ah, I lost it. Oh. Hold on one second. Have to play that clip. Here we go. Here it comes. Sorry, folks. We're having an issue. Oh, here it is. word from Alveda King today, the niece of Martin Luther King Jr. God bless her. I've uh, I've actually met her at the Trump, I've been to every Trump rally in Arizona where I'm from, and I got the privilege of meeting her uh, one of the times she was on the campaign trail here with President Trump. And just the sweetest lady, very intelligent, uh, very, very smart, very caring, and um, she has a lot of her uncle's traits, and um, just a, just a wonderful, down to earth person. So yeah, God bless Alveda King. Um, so, so yeah, there you have it, folks. And we know people with a logic, with rationale and logic, know. Trump is not a racist. He never has been and never will be. You, you got people like Martin Luther King's niece working for your campaign and, and by your side. You know, there's a, there's a valid and great reason for that. All righty. I want to move on reports. We are going to be talking about this this is a big story over the weekend. So Hillary Clinton, crooked Hillary, 
and uh, Willie, Bill Clinton, yeah, had the nerve to make their comment about Haiti and Trump. Trump's, you know, what Trump supposedly said. Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton are the last people, the absolute last, and I mean last people on the face of the earth. Those hypocritical chumps stole money from Haiti. Over $2 billion, to be exact. And they have the nerve to open their mouth about some some stupid comment that may have not happened. I mean, it, it's absolutely disgraceful. They said in a statement, Hillary Clinton said in a statement, the anniversary of the devastating earthquake eight years ago is a day to remember the tragedy, honor the resilient people of Haiti, and affirm America's commitment to helping our neighbors. I mean, the, the woman is the absolute definition of the devil. She's evil in every category. This woman stole two billion, over $2 billion from Haiti and for her foundation. And they, and they used, and this was confirmed through WikiLeaks, they used the funds from the, stealing from Haiti for uh, the alien-looking Chelsea's wedding. So... The, and that's just another thing. I mean, you talk about corruption in all these different categories. And their foundation offered little to nothing to the people of Haiti. Because as you know, with these foundations and these nonprofits, you can, you can get away with giving little to nothing. And then say you're this big, huge inspiration and this big leader and this big these huge philanthropists that did all this amazing good for that country. You guys did the opposite. Haiti's in worse shape today than it's ever been. Clintons are so quick to talk about the rich and talk about all these, you know, all these greedy, wealthy people. The Clintons are the most greediest, wealthiest fucks on the planet. Their middle name is greed. Their middle name is corruption. I want to read this. Nearly five years after a 7.0 magnitude quake killed hundreds of thousands of citizens, Haiti's recovery efforts remain muddled and confused with the whereabouts of the billions of dollars pledged by the international community and apparent mystery to the county's leaders, the country's leaders. We don't know where the money has gone. Raymond Joseph, former ambassador of Haiti to the U.S., said Friday in an interview on Bloomberg Market, Market Mark Makers. Oh, gee, I wonder. Joseph then recalled an event in 2012 when former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton and former President Bill Clinton, the U.S. envoy to Haiti, personally attended the launch of an industrial park that promoted to create hundreds of thousands of jobs 
for Haitians desperate for work. That industrial park today has created only a fraction of the jobs promised. For example, the former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton went down to Haiti in October 2012. Her husband was there, and he was the U.S. envoy to Haiti. The president of Haiti was there. All of the all of them were there. All of them were there. All the dignitaries were there, and they inaugurated the Caracol Industrial Park, Joseph said. That Caracol Industrial Park was supposed to bring 20,000 jobs in five years, 1,000 eventually. Well, only, it only has big, one big company there. Well, Caracol is the only big company there, it states. It's a Korean textile manufacturer and only 4,000 jobs. So, you know, I take Carousel as the real example of how bad things are, as he added. From ABC News in 2016, Bill and Hillary Clinton have hailed the factory churning – churning out Old Navy sweatshirts in an industrial park here is a shiny achievement in their efforts to rebuild this island nation after a destructive earthquake in 2010. But the garment factory has undelivered on, under-delivered on projected jobs. Haitian workers, have, Haitian workers have accused managers of bullying and sexual harassment. And an ABC News investigation has found that after opening its factory in the Haitian industrial park, Built with $400 million of global aid, the Korean firm became a Clinton Foundation donor, and its owner invested in a startup company owned by Hillary Clinton's former chief of staff. Projects nurtured along with $10 billion in international relief and hefty support from the U.S. government and the Clinton Foundation have, at best, had mixed results, experts told ABC News. Several of those initiatives have benefited Clinton friends and foundation donors as much as Haitians, Johnson said. That same ABC News article reported at the same time that fewer than 1,500 homes have had been built in the years after aid was initially pledged to Haiti. Interestingly enough, as housing relief for victims languished, the Clinton Foundation facilitated the construction of luxury hotel in Port Al Prince, a Marriott owned by Dennis O'Brien, who has given $10 million to $25 million to the Clinton Foundation, because, of course, the New York Times in 2016, fewer than half the jobs promised at the industrial park, built, built after 366 farmers were evicted from their lands, have materialized. Many millions of dollars earmarked for release efforts have yet to be spent. Mrs. Clinton's brother, Tony Rodham, has turned up in business centers on the island, setting off speculation insider deals. It seems that only Clinton, who grasped the magnitude of the foundation screw-up in Haiti, was Chelsea, whose visit to the country in 2010 had her privately sounding the alarm. The Clinton Foundation fell far short of its promise to the Haitian people. In some reports, the foundation actually did harm, did more harm than good. Many Haitians certainly seem to blame the Clintons for, for the lack of relief efforts. Considering the foundation appeared to care about its benefactors' business interests in Haiti more than actual Haitians, and the fact that many people in that country hold the Clintons responsible for the 
for the bungled earthquake assistance, the former Secretary of State might want to sit this one out. In this particular instance, with Trump's shithole remark, let's, let's leave the critical response to people who can't say they made life more difficult for Haitian earthquake victims. So true. Great, great. Well said. Very well said. And Hillary Clinton is an absolute hypocrite trying to actually talk any insight on Haiti. And same with Bill Clinton. They are, all they did was steal from that country, like I said. And it's absolutely disgraceful, absolutely atrocious that they're even allowed or even have the nerve to talk about this, this topic and this realm that all they did was harm and hurt. And this, oh, my God. It makes me so sad, and it's devastating, especially after what they went through in the earthquake, Haiti, and what they had to go through. And all they had was the Clintons take advantage. The Clinton Foundation is a criminal enterprise, just like Trump described it. It doesn't help people. It doesn't benefit communities. It's a bunch of crock. It truly is. It's all about filling the Clintons' pockets to, so they can be rich. That's all it's about. All righty, people. We were on a time schedule. Um, the White House doctor pronounced this, this past week that President Trump is in excellent health. Oh, yeah, we knew this. I mean, Democrats were hoping for a negative report, and they were hoping that this White House doctor was going to find something unhealthy with Trump so they could have another excuse or reason to try and impeach him. Nope. He is in perfect condition. He's actually listed as the healthiest president to ever serve. Imagine that. And that was even confirmed. So there you go, Democrats. Another thing you lose on. Another thing that bursts your hopes. Gotta love it. Okay. Here's another huge article that was uh, talked that came out over the weekend, and it had me very frustrated, and I'm sure a lot of Americans. Um. Jeff Bezos, owner of Amazon, oh, my God, he's totally, it was, uh, he comes out and gives 30, he, to, he comes out and gives $33 million in in a donation to illegal aliens and their scholarship. This is absolutely disgusting and unnecessary and enabling illegal activity and doesn't hold these people accountable. These people need to go back. These people need to be, they need to do things the right way. People work their ass off to become legal citizens in this country. Nobody deserves special treatment. And, and you know what? I'm sick of hearing that their parents you know, brought them here, and they didn't have control over that. 
Their parents should have been setting a good example. Their parents should have obtained legal status. Their parents should have followed the law. So when people like Jeff Bezos, and we all know he's a liberal elite, he's a, he's a corrupt, shady individual. He owns the Washington Post, which is a fake news outlet, constantly bashes Trump. It's very biased. Um, 99% of what they write about Trump is a lie. It's fake news. Um, so nothing about this donation was meaningful or sincere or kind-hearted. It was basically showing a billionaire that is trying to send an anti-American message and that he – because we know. These billionaires that own these corporations like Amazon, they hire a lot of foreign workers, and they benefit strongly when they can pay low, uh, low, low amounts uh, to foreign workers. So this is the reason Jeff Bezos is doing this. And, you know, Jeff Bezos thinks he's above the law. He thinks that he can give away the, 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 this money, which he can. He donated it. But he's basically enabling these people to uh, to not follow the law, to continue to uh, be, illegal, be illegal citizens. And think about this. Think about all the Americans that could have benefited off $33 million, $33 million in donations, all the struggling, struggling Americans, all the Americans that are hurting. Our country's in poverty. Our country's in debt. Millions of people in poverty. And you're going you're gonna to give money to illegal aliens that don't belong here? Fuck you, you bald-headed piece of crap. You're nothing but a, a piece of shit. Seriously. This was not a – and you know what? Liberals and all these wimps on the left will say, oh, oh, it was such a sweet thing to do. Jeff Bezos is such a sweetheart. He's such a, a kind soul. No, he's not. This was all. This was all for his political gain and for his uh, his advantage and for his power. That's simply what it was. Oh, and imagine this: Don Graham is in charge of the nonprofit that Jeff Bezos donated to for this thirty-three million for these illegals. He was the publisher at uh, Washington Post when Bezos bought it. So you know there's there's certain things that are so shady right there. Each student will receive 33000 in scholarships over the course of their four-year bachelor's degree. The program is only in its third year, so it does not have graduation rate numbers yet. I'm curious. I'm curious to see when those numbers come out uh, within a year or so, when those numbers come out. Um, and I don't think it's going to be a very high rate. And, um, you know, there's going to be, you know, this, this is totally for like Google, Amazon, Apple, all these companies, like I said, hiring foreign workers, the, the lower they can pay, you know, the lower they can pay, the better. They get all this work done for low pay, and they, tra- they treat their employees like shit. They don't treat these illegals well. It's not like they treat them well. You know, they take advantage because they can. They use them because they know they can take advantage of them over American workers. 
so that's the thing. I mean, there's there's so many different loopholes that these big hiring these illegals, and it's it's unfair. It's wrong. It's unpatriotic. It's un-American. You know, it, it's it's disgraceful. It really is. Okay, um, but yeah, I mean that that was something that was big headlines, and you got just the fact that you have all these homeless people in this country, you have all these people in poverty, you have all these people that are struggling, and you want to help illegal aliens. I mean, it's the most selfish, selfish act you can do. This is no different, in my strong opinion, than when they let the illegal off, the illegal off for murder in San Francisco, when he killed Kate Steinle, and they let, they let him off and found him not guilty for political gain. Because California is a sanctuary um, state, and San Francisco is a sanctuary city, goes to show that in a lot of today's society, with the political world, with the with the higher ups in these corporations, um, honesty isn't the first policy for them. Not at all. Yeah, it's unfortunate. All righty. Um, big news, big news, big news. The National uh, Republican Congressional Committee told, uh, said on Monday that the 2017 record was $12.4 million more than the previous best off year period in 2003. Um House Republicans set a fundraising record for 2017, raising an eye-popping $85 million to ease what is, ex- is expected to be – this is going to be a very difficult midterm election for the Democrats. All this money raised for the Republicans is – I mean, it's astronomical. It's numbers 100 times more than ever seen before, and it's absolutely amazing to watch. And we all know who we have to thank and to thank and be blessed and who blessed us with this, with, with these amazing numbers, was President Trump. All of these fundraising records and all of these things would not be happening. If it, it would not be happening if it wasn't for President Trump. President Trump has set the record and, and set everything for the reason all of this positive Results are occurring. Trump, 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 Trump. God bless his soul. America's savior. Wow. I get so excited when I talk about Trump, man. I mean, he is a miracle, man. He really is. Profound in every way possible. All righty, last thing before I go, closing my last topic. Um, I have a strong opinion about DACA. It needs to end. It needs to end now. It needs to end now, now, now. We are a country of laws. We are a country borders. We are... Yes, we are a nation of immigrants, 
but legal immigrants. DACA was unconstitutional. It was, was, and this is a fact, it was unconstitutional. It was approved by Barack Hussein Obama. He He overpowered and overruled Congress and the House. And even Obama admitted early on that DACA was illegal and that he didn't have the capability to do it, to do something about it. But then he took took matters into his own hands, and we now have 800,000 dreamers here illegally. And you should see these people in the streets. They're entitled. They think we owe them something. They think taxpayers are resp- are responsible for keeping them and here. I mean, all these different things. They think they're entitled to health care. They think they're entitled to all the benefits that Amer- every every Americans everyday Americans receive. That's entitlement at its finest. That's thinking we owe them something. We are a country of laws. Being here illegally is breaking the law. And if we don't set the record, if we don't set the tone and are firm and direct about this, people will keep taking it, trying to keep taking advantage of the system and won't learn and won't understand. No, no means no. You have to go back and you have to do the paperwork the right way to become legal. Because we're all about welcoming people. We're all about having people in this country them to be legal. We don't want – nobody gets special treatment over anybody else in this country. So when, when, when this becomes an understanding with these DACA dreamers that, that they, they need to do this the right – they need to do everything the right way because we've had – People come from other countries that work their ass off to become legal citizens. They work their ass off to become legal citizens, and they do it the right way, and they fight and fight and and make sure to become a legal citizen. And the ones that don't think they have the right to stay and are entitled? No. You have to do it the right way. You have to follow laws. I'm not allowed to go out and break the law, and, and neither should anybody else. Being here illegally is against the law. It's that simple. DACA needs to end, and Trump is making it sound like it is. Like DACA, it's not going to happen because Democrats aren't budging. Democrats aren't, you know, negotiating properly. And Trump's about to pull the plug, which I agree. And we all know Democrats don't care about DACA dreamers. They are only want to use their votes. They only want them for political gain. They only want them. They only want, they only want them for their own advantage. It's not about caring about them. And that's when it becomes disgraceful and just inhumane and just so sad. You know, that if Democrats really cared about these people and they cared about their well-being, then they'd make a deal with our president. 
they're being stubborn and they're being oppositional, and it's going to backfire on the Democrats because Trump's about to pull the plug, and I don't blame him. So in the coming days, we will get a lot more information about DACA, and I will uh, keep uh, you updated, and I will keep uh, talking about it um, on my show. Unfortunately, we are out of time for today. I still got so many things to go over, a full agenda um, that I will go over with all of you on my next episode. <laughs> like I say every episode, I always have uh, so much to talk about, and even when the when our time's up, I still have stuff left to discuss that uh, I didn't get a chance to get to. So, um, everybody. Um, I wish you all the very best uh, this week. Uh, thank you for listening to the Rory Sodder Show. Um, I'll, I'll be back um, on on Thursday. Actually, I'll be back tomorrow. I'll be back on tomorrow, um, and I'll be back on all week. So, I um, again, I thank you all for listening. Um, God bless you all. Um, I'm Rory Sauter. I'll see you tomorrow, everybody. God bless. Cheers. Hey guys, thank you for watching the Rory Sauter Show, home of America's Man of the Hour and home of America's Biggest Trump Supporter. Be sure to follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. I'll see you tomorrow, everybody. Cheers.